Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. On this episode, I'm joined by Mark Douglas and we're going to be discussing everything to do with Newcastle United. That includes the latest with the takeover, Amanda Staverley, PIF, the Ruben Brothers, the Belgraf Nova Group and Henry Maurice, as well as the transfer market, Jeff Hendrick, Callum Wilson and whether Newcastle United are just going to be looking for loan players. All that and much more to come on this episode of the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove, joined by a football editor, Mark Douglas. Mark, another quiet weekend, but bits and bobs working away in the background. Uh, our listeners, our readers, sending in a few questions here and there. Um, I guess the first place to start, though, we haven't spoken to you about the meeting between Richard Masters and the NUST. I know you've spoken to Alex Hurst uh, over this weekend. Just your initial thoughts on what that means for the Newcastle United takeover, what Richard Masters had to say to Newcastle United Supporters Trust. Well, it wasn't necessarily um, hugely new information. Obviously, um, um, Masters had, had hinted at the arbitration point uh, in his letter to uh, to Chion Wura, which was, I think, one of the key uh, one of the key key new revelations, if you will, over over the last sort of seven to ten days, is this point about arbitration, which I think, for me, turns the tables a little bit on um, on the consortium. Um, they've always been adamant that they didn't want to go down the arbitration route on a, on one narrow point. They, they would only do it um, on the on something as a, you know the takeover decision as a whole. Um, but I think it was quite interesting. I think the Richard Masters pretty clear that, that you know they could have failed the um the takeover uh, on on that point of um who actually controlled um who would have controlled the club and they offered them arbitration which was something different i think and than, than what they would normally do and and obviously the consortium walked away rather than take the arbitration point so i think that's that's quite interesting probably demands a bit of a response but i think my feeling really now is that, that amanda Stavely made a a series of of calls and she's for fans to do something. Um, I, I didn't really at the time know what she meant. Um, I think that the NUST then tried to kind of find out from what she actually specifically meant by the fans could, could, could turn this round. Um, I'm not sure they ever got that or, or I'm not sure we ever really got the idea of exactly what it was that the fans were meant to be doing. The fans then did exert a lot of pressure on the Premier League, um, which, which, which worked. But I think, you know, we keep hearing about, you know, there could be a compromise and things could be happening in the background. There was a, a big report, I think, in the Independent on Friday saying that, that, you know, that there was still confidence, I think, was the actual word. Now, I think we're all a bit wary of the word confidence. I think we've all heard things like no red flags and things like that, which obviously, um, you know, come to end up being a bit meaningless, to be honest with you, in the end. So I think confidence of compromise is is all well and good and you know obviously it's it, it's great that there's there's obviously still some some hope there but is it false hope and that that's my that's my worry you know it, it, 
I think this needs to go quiet. We need to kind of move on from the takeover for a little for a little bit of time. You know, we've been trying to be honest at the Chronicle for a few for a few few days to sort of turn the turn the uh, attention in, in other directions, but it, it's very difficult when when that seems to still be the big thing. And obviously, there's been right up until Thursday this week, been a lot of talk, and then even on Friday when I was kind of working late the late shift on Friday, we had a uh, the interesting story by Reuters about the Belegraph Nova Group who made a lot of noise last week. Um, so you can't get away from you can't get away from a from the takeover. That's that's the problem with Newcastle. But I think we need to kind of move on the next few weeks. I think it'll be be good if, if recruitment starts and Newcastle starts to sort of move. But um, it's difficult to get away from from the takeover. I think we need to. And and if things are happening, they need to happen in behind the scenes. I don't want to hear. I don't want to see tweets about confidence. I don't want to see. You know, impl- little inferences, little little noises on Twitter, and and in, supposedly in the nose saying that this is going to happen or that that's going to happen. And to be honest with you, it's kind of pointless writing bits about saying there's confidence in this consortium happening. It needs to just happen behind the scenes and then be an advanced stage where it becomes uh, public knowledge. Um, you know, but but I, I don't know whether that's going to happen to be honest because it's be there's been so many people around this deal so many advisors, so many different people involved um, that it's been really difficult to keep it quiet. Um, but that's what they need to do. If it's going to happen, um, there's a lot of work to be done. It's not a simple question of, oh, a very easy compromise and then something goes through. It, that's not my take on it. I think it's it's very complicated, very complex, and it would maybe take some time to get it, get it sorted. But, but I, you know, I, and I don't at the moment see that, see that necessarily happening. So, um, we await, you know, I know there are other people looking at the club. Don't think there's anything imminent. Um, so I think we'll get through to October and probably the first half of the season um, with Ashley in control. And we just have to hope that Steve Bruce gets enough in and the team are good enough in the first half of the season to, um, to make a decent start because it doesn't bear thinking about if they make a bad start with everything that's going on in the background. You say there that the, take, the, talk, the talk on the takeoff has to go quiet, but do you feel that they have to come out and say whether they are still trying, whether this is it now? Officially, the statement that they put out at the start of this month is as things stand, the, the, the uh, bid is withdrawn. Mm-hmm. Given the letter, given the call for fans and MPs to put pressure on the Premier League, is it a case that they have to come out, the consortium, and say one way or the other what is happening with this bid? Yes, we're going to try and work things out. Or B, no, as we said, it's withdrawn. That's the line drawn. I think if 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 we were in a normal situation where there hadn't been a lot spoken about this over the last few months, I would say, yes, look, we need more communication. But actually, ironically, and, and, and it sounds weird to say, but I think there's been almost too much communication even since the bid was withdrawn. Because like you said, the last official word from the full consortium that was fully you know, was was by every single party in that consortium was the statement that came out two weeks ago, um, just over two weeks ago, um, or was it three weeks ago? I remember two, three weeks ago, um, where they said we are withdrawing due to and and here's a here's a word that that hasn't been mentioned much. They said it was no longer commercially viable. Now that was their public, that was their public statement. So how would it suddenly become commercially viable? Um, I don't know. That, that's the question. But then what you got off the back of that was Amanda Staveley doing, doing the, her interview. Um, then the statement to the NUST, the Rubin Brothers statement as well. So we, so we got a lot of 
mixed messages because the statement was very final. Then we had Ashley, Ruben Brothers and Stavely herself all saying, we're still committed to this deal. We still want this deal to happen. So it's created, I think, a, um, a vacuum of, um, you know, information really about what's actually going on because it's my understanding that the Premier League haven't, um, you know, that, that Ashley hasn't been back in touch with the Premier League to say anything's changed from the consortium. Remember, the consortium and Premier League were, were never in co- direct contact. Um, it was through Newcastle, I believe. That was, that's how that's how it worked. Um, and, and they had to provide the information and then the questions came back to them and then they and then they uh, they had to, to, to answer those questions. So uh, in a normal circumstance, I'd say, yes, look, we, we, we could do with some kind of indication, but we've got the indication. We know that the Staveleys still wants to do it. We know that the Ruben brothers still want to do it. Um, and we know that Ashley, well, Ashley says in public he's still committed to it. That there's, there's some, you know, I, 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 my worry with Ashley is what Ashley says sometimes and what is actually happening are two very different things. So I don't read too much into the Ashley statement, unfortunately, even though it's public contact. So, but the problem is obviously the PIF are the main backers. They're 80% of the finance. Um, we've had, both of us have had the privilege of talking to them, I think, in the last couple of weeks to get a bit of more of an idea of where they stand. Um, but I don't think they're going to put anything public out. Um, and I don't think the, the people behind the deal are going to put anything public out because I don't think they want to give up on it. But it's whether they want, they might not want to give up on it. They might have to give up on it because if nothing can be done, they have to walk away from it, you know, and I don't think they'll want to publicly admit that. Um, and I wouldn't rule out, you know, that such has been the way that Amanda Staley's brought in Newcastle United. I wouldn't rule out her coming back with a third bid somewhere down the line with 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 new backers. I mean, she mentioned in in one of the interviews that she she looked at getting chi- a Chinese consortium together to buy Newcastle United after the um, after the first bid um, failed. So she's clearly desperate to get her hands on Newcastle United. But I think at the moment her credibility has been really hit by the first bid and then and then this one you know she's not coming out of it quite as well as she did maybe two weeks ago where everybody blamed the Premier League I think now people are sort of saying well you know the question about arbitration is 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 a big one you know how how watertight was their case is is, is another question so you know the problem is that we've, that we've had you know you mentioned there about statements and things and, and interviews and we've, we've done a lot of interviews we've got a lot of I think we've almost had, like I said, too much information. You know, we've had a lot of people willing to be really quite bold in, in what they're saying. And that, that at the time felt great. But when those words weren't backed up by what was actually happening in the process, I think it then become a, became a problem. And ironically, I'd like to hear more from Ashley now and Charlie about, and Lee Charlie about what the club is going to look like for the next six to nine to 12 months because they are in charge of it now and they have a massive you know, they have massive responsibility to keep Newcastle United um, strong, as strong as they can be, when we all know that they don't want to be here. Uh, Mike Ashley doesn't want to be here. We don't want him here. Um, so how is it going to how is it going to continue? I think from the consortium's point of view, it's actually better not to say anything. And I think the people around that deal, all their sort of allies and the people who are supportive of them, I, I, you know, look, I'm sure... <laughs> Yeah, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if they rang me up and told me exactly what was going on. But I think it's best for them not to. I think it's best for the people around the bid to stop talking about it and to stop. You know, we've had we've got a bit of a takeover industry going on at Newcastle United now. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of people kind of making a lot of, you know, getting a lot of, um, you know, get it, that's the one way to draw attention to yourself at Newcastle United at the moment is to talk about the takeover and make some bold statements. But I don't think it's helping, you know, because... 
it, it may be great to be feeling like you're the first one to say something, but it, it's it's meaningless. We've, we've had it over the summer, you know, all of this about this is going to happen and it's going to come here, there and everywhere. And, you know, my understanding is that the, the consortiums think, think that uh, what happened over the last couple of weeks hasn't changed anything. Well, okay, but, you know, maybe just everyone go quiet. If it's happening behind the scenes, it's happening behind the scenes. And maybe we see what we saw between January and April, which was nothing said until the the deal was effectively done. That is what it needs to return to um, if this if it's going to happen. But um, but you know it it seems really difficult at the moment to see it happening anytime soon. Um, but you you don't rule anything out because it's obviously in a weird position of being in the owners directors tests, clearly having all parties desperate to do this deal, um, but it's feeling like it's not quite there yet, which is a very, very strange situation. I've, I, you know, we've been in the past and we've got it with Bellagraph Nova Group, haven't we, where we're just like, you know, it, it's just cynicism all over about that deal, um, about whether that could ever happen. Um, but with, with the it's a different situation with the service, it's a different, situa- different situation with Stavey from last time when her credibility was gone because she, well, she doesn't have the money to buy a football club, was what we were told then. Well, this time she did manage to get the IF on board, but a lot of the really heavy briefing around the time of April saying it was going to be done, it was a couple of weeks away, or it was going to be done imminently, et cetera, et cetera, just didn't happen. And that's where we all now need to, I think, take stop. Just one final question on the Public Investment Fund on Stavely. Usually, you know, if something like the NUST meeting had happened a few months back, we probably would have heard bits and bobs um, I went to try and get something, at least maybe on the record, as a response to what Richard Masters told NUST. Didn't get a response. Have you heard anything from your sources? Because it, reading the Premier League's response, um, you know, like we mentioned, the independent tribunal. We mentioned the point um, that they told NUST they didn't brief anyone, they didn't give any assurances out over the time during the test, which was a big claim made by. Mm the buy-in side. Um, have you had any response from anyone you've been talking to close to the deal or have they gone quiet? And is that a sign maybe that things are starting to turn in their approach where maybe they're now adopting the silence as best policy? Um, I've not heard anything, no. Um, uh, as far as we're aware, their, their opinion is that, that you know, it's, it's, um, it, it's not changed anything. That, that, that's what, that's what I was told, but I've not heard anything directly from the consortium who, who, you know, um, have been quite vocal since um, since the the situation fell through. Um, they, you know, they they. I don't think. I don't think the that it was quite understood by the consortium what the NUST and Richard Masters meeting was. I I, I felt that, that what they wanted Newcastle fans to do was put pressure on to get the deal passed, which I think Newcastle fans were doing but was never realistic because Newcastle fans haven't, unfortunately, and it's really sad, they haven't got the power to control who owns the football club. If they did, Mike Ashley would have been gone a long time ago. Um, And that was what I kind of didn't really understand by what it was that the consortium wanted. And that's why maybe they feel that, well, it was all, you know, what the NUST got from um, from the Premier League maybe wasn't quite what they wanted but it's not about them. The NUST are not a conduit for the consortium. The NUST are a conduit for Newcastle United fans. That is a different thing from the consortium. They've, they've aligned themselves as being 
the same as the fans, but they're not. And that has to be key. You know, what the NUST did um, was go and get answers for Newcastle fans about the things that Newcastle United fans could, you know, the things that the Premier League felt comfortable telling Newcastle United fans about. Um, they aren't, you know, they, they've made a big play about what they could do for Newcastle, but it's a business proposition for them. It's a business position. It, it, it fulfilled a very, um, very, uh, what's the right word? It, it was a convenient thing for all parties in that deal to, to have control of Newcastle. It worked for everybody. It was one of the rare situations where everybody seemed to come out of it well. Um, the 97% of fans, Newcastle fans that wanted it, Saudi Arabians would have got soft power. They would have got, let's be honest, they would have had their reputation uh, a different you know, their reputation would have been very different in Newcastle. They would have been seen as saviors by by a, a lot of people, um, which, would have, which would have changed the way that they were viewed, and they would have been talked about in a different way. Um, and Amanda Staveley gets ten percent of a football club, um, and the Ruben brothers get ten percent of a football club, and investment, you know, probably more clout uh, in terms of being able to invest in the city. And the fans get what they want in that they get more more money, and the journalists get what we want because suddenly Newcastle are, are a relevant club again. So it did feel like everybody was winning from it. But don't try and tell me that they were the Newcastle, you know, suddenly they were diehard Newcastle United fans. They're not. They're not. You know, they they are, they, the NUST would deserve, I think, a lot of credit for, for what they did. And I think if the, the if the consortium do take over, they need to really be aware of the fact that the trust have done a lot for them um, and put, put, put them on the board, you know, put a seat seat on the board for a supporters representative would be my, my thinking as well. Um, but no, there hasn't been any direct um, contact from them at the moment. And is it, the, is it the sign of a different approach? Well, I'd hope that. And we saw it, and we saw something in the independent and we keep hearing from people on social media who were supposedly close to the, the consortium that, um, oh, there's compromise that's going to happen. So, We'll see, you know, we'll see if, if that if that is still the message in two or three weeks and nothing's happened. I think Newcastle fans will start to start to get a bit frustrated with those kind of messages because it's not helpful. You know, it's not helpful. We need something to happen now. So we've had 17 to 18 weeks of of, of um, waiting. I think Newcastle fans could, could put up with that because at the time they felt like it was definitely going to happen. But now... Until somebody, until it actually happens, I think we're just going to be in this position where nobody is going to believe it. Um, and the door has been left ajar for other people to come in. You know, we, we, we've already seen that maybe the sort of slight farce of Telegraph Nova Group. Um, Henry Morris supposedly is, was was interested. We've not heard anything about him for a while. Um, and the, there are other people looking at the club as well. But how far ahead they are with it, I don't know. But, Obviously, you know, if, if it is that the consortium want to do something, then they might have to move quickly because it is open for other people. And, you know, I, I saw a, a really interesting article this weekend about a group that from America that are looking to buy a Premier League football club. And, you know, um, I don't know whether they've looked at Newcastle, whether Newcastle are an interested group as well. But there are definitely people out there looking to looking to do it. So, um yeah, frustratingly, I think at the moment we're just in it. We're just in this kind of holding pattern, and I think we just all have to assume that Mike Ashley's going to be here um, definitely till the end of this window. So that has to be the that has to be the, the sort of focus at the moment. And um, you know, there's a football club out, there's a football team there that we all kind of are interested in, and I think we maybe have to concentrate on that for a few for a few weeks at least until something major happens. That group there, Mark's referring to, I think it's called the Red Ball Money Group or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's a story in the Athletic. It's well worth the read. The group has been helped by 
Richard Scudamore, who obviously guided the Premier League through 19 years of well turning it into the best league in the world. So an interesting story there. Newcastle is referenced by a source of maybe they could stop a bargain, but we do recommend you go and have a little look at that. Um, just to mention on the Belagraph Nova group, uh, like you mentioned, the, the routers report on Friday dropped and lots of, uh, well, you know, the group admitted that they'd doctored photographs of meeting Obama and what have you. Um, lots of other claims in that article about their offices, etc. cetera. Uh, but uh, again, you know, <laughs> they, they maintain they are a serious bidder. I got a message yesterday saying negotiations are still going on. Um, but you do just have to scratch your head after reading that article and reading some of the claims they made to us, to to Lee Ryder, to, to, to various other journalists, it did seem, I don't, it's false the right, right word, Mark, I suppose it's just another chapter in, in the ever ongoing saga that is Newcastle United, really. Yeah, I mean, it, it just didn't look right from the start, that whole thing, you know, it didn't look right from the start. I, I, I'm not saying that it's, that it's that, you know, that, that they're not... They might be serious. They might be serious. Uh, you know, I don't want to like. The problem with all of this is that, that you, you, when somebody tells you, and I've heard time and time again over the last few years that something's imminent, and it, you just have this surge of sort of like as a journalist, you're like, all oh, right, well, somebody wouldn't say something unless they had reason to, because I wouldn't go around saying, I'm I'm about to buy a football club unless I was going to do it, unless I had money to do it unless I had the wherewithal to do it but you realize in this business in this takeover business there are a lot of people out there who will tell you they're about to do something or will make some kind of inference that they're going to do something and they're not they haven't got the money to do it they aren't interested all they're interested in is is publicity or who knows what you know I lost count of the amount of times that um the bin Zayed group in the summer of that summer made claims which did not stack up with what the Premier League were, um, were, were, were the understanding of the Premier League. You know, they, they, they did not, they were never in the owner's merit success. They never got that far. Um, Belagraph Nova group um, are insisting that they're serious. Yet why are they forwarding to email, emails to journalists on Monday that were marked confidential by themselves, they themselves marked it saying it's con- confidential, yet then they're sharing it with journalists. What? I just don't see the motivation of that. Are they trying to Are they trying to convince us that they're serious? I assume that's probably what it is, but, it, but you don't have to convince us you're serious. Go and buy the football club and then we'll, then we'll take you seriously. You know, what, what was the point of that story coming out? Why, why, was, why was, you know, and I'm sure he's a nice lad. I don't know him very well. Um, but why was Michael Chopra tweeting excited three days before it happened? If you're, if this is a serious multi-million pound deal that's about to happen, would would you want somebody to know about it? Would you want the press to know about it before it happened? No, you wouldn't. Um, that's why I don't I don't get about all of these. You know what? I understand with the, when it got to the point of the owners' notice test with the consortium. They felt that their briefing would, would was you know was a good way to keep people informed, and they were very excited, and they wanted to to let people know. And they had friends within the media, so it was a little bit different there. But the Belagraph Nova group, I just I, I can't see it. And then when you come out with doctored photos and things like that, it's just it's very difficult to take you seriously. Um, you know, 
I mean, they obviously did meet Obama. So why lie about it? Why why doctor the photos? Why doctor the photos to make it look as if it's more more than it was? It doesn't make any sense. And it's you know, why do you have somebody claiming that they've got Alan Shearer on board? It's like the clumsiest thing going. If they've got Michael Chopper involved in the group, he's somebody who knows about Newcastle United, knows about Newcastle fans. Why can't he turn around and say to them, look, don't talk about Alan Shearer. Don't talk about signing Cristiano Ronaldo. The fan fan base don't want that. They just want to see you buy the football club. Okay, it's leaked. Then maybe there's been some, you know, some somebody's uh, done done well to get the story in the first place. That happens. You know, you can't always say that these stories can stay under the radar. But what is the point in that story coming out? And you know, and then subsequently you, you invite the kind of attention that Reuters gave it, and um, you know they picked a few holes in it. Um, I'm sure they've got some money behind them, but you know they talk about we've got overall revenues of X, Y, Z billion, but that's not the same as having liquid capital to actually go and spend. I mean, say they've bid 280 million pounds for the football club, um, but you're going to need more than that because 280 million pounds gets you in the football club if you if that's accepted, which it never would be. That was the other thing. Michael Chopper tweeting, "We're still waiting for a response." Well, they're not. That's not the asking price. So you're not going to get the club for 280 million. So, you know, there, there's your response. I, I don't need to be a rocket scientist to tell you that. I mean, there's been other people who've tried to, who, who've, who've got further than than that um, and tried to do it at a lesser lesser price. You know, Mike Ashley is still accepting um, staggered payments for the football club. You know, none of this has changed. All that's changed is that there's been a hell of a lot of brouhaha around the Saudi bid and it's drawn out few other people who've been interested as well but there's been people interested in the football before consistently throughout the last two years and it's never happened um and that's for a variety of different reasons um but let's put it this way mike actually having now got his um money for it the money that he wanted for it having had one group say that he's not gonna he's not gonna put the price down is he because you'll see it now as well somebody's bid for it and just finally, one more question before we do go on to the transfer market. Henry Maurice, you mentioned there, we haven't heard anything, but uh, we'll mention a good friend of the podcast, Luke Edwards. He will enjoy that shout out. He said there would be no running commentary. And he, again, he, he answered questions over the weekend while he was on holiday, I think, saying, look, he was told there'd be no running commentary. We haven't had any running commentary. So going back to what Mike Ash said all those years ago about a football club will be bought, you will wake up one morning and it will be done. Could Newcastle fans, in your opinion, potentially look at that as a good thing? Maybe this silence is a good thing and, and, and Henry Maurice or another buyer is working away in the background and maybe sticking to what Mike actually wants, not to leak it to the press, not to have it out there, played out in the public and we will just wake up one day, tomorrow maybe, and it'll all be done and dusted. Yeah, I don't think it'll ever. I don't think it'll ever be like that with Newcastle because because it's too big a club for it to be, you know, done one, not done one day and done the next. You know, bear in mind that for all that for all that I've kind of like said, you know, the takeover needs to go quiet with the, with the consortium. We only found out about that because the company's house. There was a lot of rumours. I think the weekend before um, it was very close. By the way, very close to being off about a week before. Actually, then ended up happening because. These things were getting very close and it was this, that, the other. But we only found out because the company's house updates. That's when it all exploded. So it's going to be really difficult for something just to not happen at all, go totally under the radar and then explode. I don't think it'll necessarily happen like that. Morris, I, I just, 
there's so few people who know about it. And the reason you've mentioned there, Luke, and he, he's, he's a mate of mine and a friend of the podcast and, um, and a friend of the Chronicles, you know, and, um, and, and, you know, I, I, I have a lot of respect for Luke because he, he, he just will, um, say what he thinks, you know, so doesn't, um, I, I think sometimes I'm a little bit more cautious than him. Um, and he's sort of a, he'll be there messaging me sometimes about stuff over it. Oh, you know, it's not what you, you know, that's not what you think, is it? And it's like, yeah, but sometimes you, you know, what maybe you kind of, you, you, you throw around ideas in the back about what might be happening and, and, and you can't necessarily stick, throw, um, uh, stand them up. And I think the problem with Morris is I've tried to stand it up. I think we've all tried to stand it up um, and nothing's come. And I think usually you get to know, from one source or another, whether it's serious and it's just been mysterious because there's been nobody able to tell you it's rubbish and nobody able to tell you whether it's true or not. And nobody able to really give you any information about Morris. There's no, there's no independent verification of how wealthy he is. There's no, there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing about him. And I find that really strange that you just can't find out any information about him. And um, Luke's the only person who's really got anywhere with, with Morris, probably because he's been more sceptical about the Saudi bid than anybody else in the press pack. Um, so they've maybe looked at him as somebody who could maybe be a bit of an ally behind it. But I think we all felt at the time it was a stalking horse because the, the, the Saudi bid had got where it got. And it was maybe just one of these where, um, you know, I think there were allegations, were, or not allegations, but there, were, there was implications that he was some kind of Qatari stalking horse. And then there was talk about whether it was, you know, Ashley's people leaking it to try and encourage them to get a move on. Um, we just don't know anything more about it. So I'm going to be sceptical about that, I'm afraid. I, I, I still am sceptical about that. But, um, you know, if he's if he's there, this is his chance. This is his chance. Same with Bellagraph Nova Group. If they're serious, um, as as Michael Chopra still seems to insist they are, then there's their chance. They've got their chance. This is their window of opportunity. Because, um, you know, it's a big football club and one that a lot of people would love to to take control of. Um, and will be another group coming along soon enough to try and buy that football club. 100%, I'll guarantee you that. Um, so this is your chance. You know, it's still a big football club. It's still got opportunity to grow. Um, so there, there it goes. And that same, that same stands for Henry Morris. On to the transfer window, then we expect Jeff Hendrick to sign imminently. We've been told it was maybe going to be this weekend. We we, we think that deal is done. Um, a good signing for Newcastle United. You know, he's an experienced Premier League player. He's a kind of a, I don't know, if a cross between Matt Ritchie and Isaac Hayden is maybe the right kind of description with it with uh, for him, he, he just works hard, doesn't he? And he's he's yeah. one of those players where you can see him forming that core that Stubbs wants to um, throughout that team. Yeah, I think he look, it's a good signing. He, he's free. Um, it's it's absolutely, you know, I, I think there's a, you know, they, they they need that kind of player. They they need a sort of, um, you know, another midfielder who who can come in and you know you saw with Ben Taleb. It didn't work out, and 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 I felt that that you know they needed somebody who was going to be a bit more reliable and mental. I know there was still talk at the end of the season they could bring him back, and I just wasn't in favour of that. It was, you know, I'm sure he he, he did his best, mental, but it just I felt like he wouldn't be a popular player in Newcastle because you could see what he was about. He had the problem is he got all the talent in the world, but he just didn't have, you know, he just didn't maybe have the 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 kind of the ability to stick in that, that Newcastle needed. Hendrick's a good player. 
and Nuke's a good player. He's not, you know, he's not he's not going to pull up trees. He's not a world beater. But if the team get moving, he could be a really good addition for Newcastle United. He, he's um, he's you know, he's got a good touch. He's he's um, works really really hard. Um, he can pass the ball as well. You know, he's not a bad. You know, Jeff Hendrick is not a bad um, not bad technically. He's he's definitely I think in that in a, in a good team. He, He'd do the uh, he'd do the business, and you know he's also a good age as well. Twenty eight. I, I wrote about it yesterday. Um, really interesting that I, that I think you've got Newcastle buying twenty eight year olds Premier League battle hardened twenty eight year olds. I don't think they're going to spend forty million or twenty million on a twenty eight year old. I don't think they've got twenty million to spend on one player in this transfer window necessarily. Um, but you know the, 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 they're looking for resale probably if they if they're going to spend a lot of money. But it's interesting that they are going to sign a player. I think he's looking for a two, three-year contract as well, Jeff Hendricks. So he'll be there until he's 31. Um, so it, it represents a bit of a change. But I think he's a good signing. Yeah, I, I really do. I, I think, you know, they need a striker. They need a left-back. Um, and then if they can bring somebody else in on loan, that's probably about the, the size of it for, for the transfer window. I don't think a lot of clubs in the Premier League are going to be doing business. You know, I think the ones at the top will, but maybe the ones in the middle are not going to be doing an awful lot. Where does he fit in though? Because obviously they've signed Matty Longstaff back up. You then have Sean Longstaff. He'll be fit. John Joe Shelby, Isaac Hayden. So does he fit into the middle? I mean, you also have Matt Richard. Right, yeah. so. He plays, he can play just behind, um, he can play kind of on the right tucked in, which is where Alan Maximum plays as well. So, could we be seeing Alan Maximum going into a new role next season? I, I'm, I'm not sure. I think that might be a that might be a possibility because he played quite well on Alan Maximum when he was a bit further, a bit further forward towards the end of towards the, after Project Restart. Um, and I think with Newcastle, the key I didn't build a team around Alan Maximum because he he is the difference maker. He's the one who can turn turn them from a from a you know struggling team into one that could potentially be a top eight team if they if they get their recruitment right. Um, and Steve Bruce has a good season, so I think that's that's where we'll stick in. Um, the, you, you mentioned there about all the different players. Now, I think one thing that people haven't maybe yet clocked on is the fact that this this is going to be a brutal season in terms of the amount of match weeks there are. You know, they, they could be talking about playing. I mean, they're going to be playing every week, um, and you know, there's got a lot of midweeks as well. If they get if they get kick on in the League Cup or the or the FA Cup, which I know a lot of fans now will be saying well that's not going to happen if they do there's midweek slots as well that they've got they've got to get involved with so um, you just need bodies and you need good bodies you, you, I think they need to strengthen the and not just the first team but they need to also strengthen the backup options as well because you saw at the end of last season when they got a lot of injuries they were playing chair in midfield and you know they were it, it was a bit of a mess towards the end of the season wasn't it let's be honest and Jeff Hendrick will be a good uh, you know, got great, good fitness record. He's, he doesn't miss many games. That's the kind of thing that you need to be thinking about now. You mentioned there a striker. Lots to talk about Callum Wilson, but he's probably going to set you back 20-odd million. Um, so do you think it's going to be loan deals that they're going to be looking at first and foremost? Or do you think, Steve Bruce said uh, in the interview with the Club Club website that there'd be at least three players coming in before the season kicked off again. That's a big promise to make, given Mike Ashley's history as well. Do you see them being loans for more free transfers or big or big cash sum? They're definitely looking at loans. There's no doubt about that. They're 100% they're looking at loans. Um, but I think that um, they will, they, there is money, a bit of money there, I think, maybe to do to do something. I think that's what 
that's anyway that that's definitely what 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 my cat what, what steve bruce is hoping for sorry whether whether that um whether you have uh him getting the money i'm not 100 percent convinced you know i'm not i'm not sure uh whether that's the uh whether that's that that's necessarily going to happen but we'll we, we'll see um but i think they've, they've got to make that loan they've got to let make that loan thing work they've, they've got to make it work um and i think there's, there's potential there you know Rian brewster um, is is another one who's uh, who's who's being looked at. Um, you know, Michelle Bachwai. I'd, I'd heard that there's been some sort of like that one as well. So we'll we'll see. You know, I mean, the, the, the problem with the loan situation is you're always waiting until for like later on in the um, later on in the sort of postseason. I think until that one becomes uh, obvious, and I think there'll be a lot of clubs maybe reticent to loan out their players because, like I've just said, there you need you're going to need a big squad next season, but. So, um, but there'll, there'll be there'll be players available, and and um, and Newcastle will be having a look at them as well. But if he's looking to buy British, if he's looking to players who are established, then it may be that you know it's going to have to be a loan because, like you said, Callum Wilson. I think Bournemouth will Bournemouth will hold out for big money for him. Just finally, then some really positive news: Matty Longstaff eventually signs that new deal, which ties him down for another two years. Even with that news, some people a bit negative on social media saying, well, it's only two years. This time next year, he's going to be entering the final year of his contract and around we go again. Mm. But look, I think we've got to put it into context. You know, he's only played a handful of times and yes, he's shown a lot of potential. But let's not forget that before Steve Bruce came in, you weren't really looking at Matty Longstaff as one of the stars mm. of the future. It was, you know, everything was on his brother, but Matty Longstaff mm. hadn't really earned that reputation in the under-23s as this big up and coming star, you know. Um, so two years is probably the sensible option. He's gonna go out there and he has to prove himself. Newcastle aren't tied down to a, a five year deal like they had been with some youngsters before and I mean I think Gail uh Bigarama had a five year deal amongst a few of them. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. So a sensible a sensible deal for you two years and it gives a chance for everyone to well for my long staff to prove himself to the club. Yeah, I, I'm not sure it's sensible. Like, I, I, you know, I think probably in an ideal world, Newcastle might might wanted to keep him for a bit longer. I'm assuming there's been a bit of horse trading there about about it, and um, you know, I think that they've probably looked at it and said, I think his, his camp have probably said, well, you've given us these assurances on he's going to play, he's got this, he's got this path towards the first team. Um, okay, we'll give you two years and prove it because he's now with a he's now with with management that you know. Uh, Represent some really big players, so they'll be looking at him and saying, "Well, he's an England under nineteen midfielder. He's played, scored against Man United twice. You know, looked the part in those games. Um, he can go on. He can kick on. Can Matty Longstaff? He's got goals in him. He's got um, he's got you know potential definitely there as well. He needs to play now, either at Newcastle or on loan. You know, he needs to, he, he may go on loan. He may may they may decide to put him somewhere until January." Um, especially if they get Jeff Hendrick in, they decide to put him somewhere till January and say, right, go and play, star, go to a really big premier, go to a big championship club, a Middlesbrough or somebody like that, where where you'll play every week and you'll you'll get the chance to, to you know, sort of run a run a midfield. You'll get the chance to be the, the main man there, and then come back in January and we'll 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 sort of inter- reintegrate you because um, what worked for his brother Sean. Um, so I, I think you know I can understand uh, two years looks. 
like you said, you could be in the same position in a year, but we'll know more about Matty Longstaff in a year. I think we'll know more about him. And I think he'll be in a position to get the big deal that he wants, the big bumper contract that he probably wanted or that his agents wanted for him this time, um, which Newcastle kind of resisted a little bit. Um, but they played their hand, didn't they? Um, they made it very clear that there were other clubs interested in, but they, it never smelled quite right to me. That I could never see him going to Udinese, to be perfectly honest with you. It just never, just didn't think he really... At 19, his family around him, boyhood club. I just never felt that that was the case. They needed to make it clear that he would have left, but I just never felt he was going to go there. You'd miss the fish and chips, wouldn't you, on the Northfield Keys? That's, you know, you'd miss the he's home a, comforts. He's a Newcastle fan. He didn't want to leave. He didn't want to leave. He, he never wanted to leave. He just wanted, he just wanted reassurances he was going to play and he wanted to be on more than the money he was on, which was, which was fair enough. Um, but yeah, I think it was the right decision for him. It's definitely the right decision for him. The right decision for the club. Don't forget that Steve Bruce was the man who gave him the chance. You know, other managers might not have given him the chance in that big game and Steve Bruce did. Um, so, you know, maybe he owed him a little bit. Maybe he owed Steve Bruce a little bit as well. And a word, obviously, Freddie Woodman as well signed a new deal, which is good news before heading back to Swansea. Well, Mark, thank you for joining us. Guys, thanks for listening. Please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast and head over to Chronicle Live where we will keep you up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news. Yes.